Brandon Tatum Show is on KTAR News, 92.3 FM. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Back again on the Brandon Tatum Show every Saturday at 6 p.m. Make sure you stay tuned. If you're not following me on social media, you're making a big mistake. The Officer Tatum on all of my social media platforms. Follow, follow me. Get some good information. You know what it is. We're going to get right into this. I'm not wasting time. No more games. Amber Geiger. I have to talk about this. All week long, I have been ready, waiting to express some of these things to you guys who are listening. Now, first of all, it was an accident. I don't know what else to say. I don't I don't know. I don't if, if it hurts your feelings to realize that it was an accident, I don't know what to tell you. People make mistakes. All you gotta do is take a little bit of time and look in the mirror and you'll see how many mistakes that you've made. Thank God that it didn't end in something catastrophic. Another thing I want to say, she was wrong. She went into somebody's house, killed him. It wasn't murder, but she killed him. And there's a difference between killing somebody and murdering somebody. There's a level of intent involved, an intent that wasn't coerced by any other action. She was wrong. She should go to prison. You can't just accidentally go into somebody's house and say, oops, Kill an innocent man, shoot him in the heart. While he bleed out on his floor, all he was doing was sitting and watching TV and eating ice cream. Let's get that straight. You can have um, a level of forgiveness or a level of acknowledgement that it was an accident, and also there's consequences. If I was walking in the house or whatever, my dad told me to wash the dishes, and I dropped the dish on the ground and break it, especially my dad's fine china, um, there's going to be consequences. He's going to acknowledge that it was an accident, but there's consequences. So here's the thing. My opinion on the whole matter is that I think that the charging of secondary murder, when I looked at it, I thought it was too much. I thought that the the prosecution didn't sway me beyond believing that it was an accident. She set herself up on floor number four, which then set her up to go into the apartment that she believed was hers, but it was one story above. I was a police officer. I know how things work. I know how training works, and I know how much um, off guard you are when you go home. You you have to actually prepare yourself and be mentally prepared to still be willing to go to war when you go home. But some people aren't. You work a long shift. You go home. You turn off. You don't want to deal with people. You're getting ready to go in your house, which is what you believe, and you encounter with a suspect, and you react. But there's a lot of controversy going on around this thing, man. I thought it was very cut and dry. But I think people have an animus against police that's causing this to be a bigger deal than what it should be. You cannot tell me that this is the first time somebody accidentally killed another person. You cannot tell me that this is the first time that somebody's going into another person's house on accident, gets into a confrontation, and kills them. This is not the first time, ladies and gentlemen. It's not going to be the last. But the reason that this is getting all the traction It's because people have it in their mind, not everybody. People have it in their mind that they want to hate police officers, that police officers are the enemy, that it's always a problem. They're poorly trained. They should have did this. They should have did that. Oh, she's a police officer. uh, Long story short, they want to dislike them, and then also they want to dislike white people. I'm just being honest. It is trendy. It is trending to dislike white people in America. It used to be black people. 
I'll say it used to be black. People didn't like him. It was trendy. It was, it, people didn't, maybe some people didn't think it was a problem. Black people couldn't do certain things that other citizens could do. It was normalized. And now I feel like the wave is turning and it's becoming more and more normalized to dislike white people. This is just my opinion, man. I can't unequivocally say that if the roles were reversed and a black man walked into a, a, a house and shot a white girl and he happened to be a police officer, I don't think it'll be this much outrage. I really don't. It may or may not make the news, given the fact that if it was a black officer, it may not make the news. How many black officers have you seen that they put on the news because they killed an unarmed black man? I haven't seen any. There are. There are. Think about it. There are black officers that shoot black people. <laughs> I mean, come on. There are black officers that probably shoot unarmed black people. But you're not going to see them on the news because it's not juicy enough. Unfortunate. It's an unfortunate situation. And I'll say this. I feel bad for both parties, right? I feel bad for Amber Geiger and Botham Jean. I feel bad for him. John, I think that's the way he pronounced his name, John. I feel bad for him. I, every day while I'm at home, I keep my gun with me everywhere I go in the house. Or it's at least in close proximity. The rifle always is by my bed. My rifle is by my bed. You come in my house and I'm sleeping. I have to wake up to some intruder. Hey, man, that lead sandwich, it's probably not going to taste too good for you. And I keep my Glock everywhere I go. If I'm in the room making videos, I keep my Glock with me. Because you never know what, what can happen to you. You never know who's trying to, trying to get you. And that's the police officer in me that I always got to stay ready. Because I don't want to get caught in a bad situation if I can avoid it to a certain degree. In some cases, you can't avoid it. But, but that's how I operate. Because I don't know if somebody's going to come in my house and want to hurt me, hurt my family, and I need to be ready. And I think people have to acknowledge and understand that to be a reality. But in this situation, he didn't have a gun. Not, not his fault. But I think if, if, if anybody can learn something from this, at least have some, a level of awareness, maybe you could think about it. And if you've been caught in this situation or you, you, you want to avoid being caught in this situation, is that I would, I would suggest that you have to own a firearm. Not in anticipating a police officer coming to your house because she went to the wrong house because she was sexting somebody and was distracted, but because you want to have your house be safe, right? Your family be protected. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know if you realize this, but police officers are not your private security. And depending on where you live, it's going to take them a while to get to you. Right now, when you get home, some of y'all are probably at home, some of y'all are driving in the car. When you get home, I want you to think to yourself, when you're in the house, if somebody broke in your house right now, and they're in your house, and I want you to put a timer, and I want you to time it, and be realistic about how long it takes you to call 911, if you can even get to the phone, how, what it's going to take for you to articulate where you're at, what's going on, under pressure, mind you, and then how long it's going to take an officer to receive the call from the dispatcher, and for the dispatcher to dispatch the officer, and they show up to your house from wherever they're at, they could be on a, a, on, a, on a rollover accident. They can be on a murder call. But they're going to have to get in the car drive to your location. And I'll tell you what, in the middle of the night, something happened to you, you have a better chance. In the daytime, have you seen the I-10? If an officer have to come from somewhere west just to go east, and they got to go somewhere through the I-10, or they got to go through traffic in rush hour, cars don't automatically disappear. But that's something I want, I want you guys to think about, right? Consider that. 
and consider locking your doors. I'm not saying it's the point five and nine lock his door. You shouldn't have to lock your doors, right? You shouldn't have to. But in the world we live in, it's for your safety, and it's also to protect you from people making accidents and end up coming to your house, and you shoot them, or they end up shooting you. But in addition to all of the things that's going on with Amber Geiger, in the next segment, I'm going to talk to you guys about forgiveness. If you haven't heard Botham's John's brother get on the, the, the stand, I say he's on a stand, he was in court in the sentencing hearing, and he literally forgave her, told him he lo- told her he loved her and hugged her, and people are mad. They are going crazy. You're listening to the Brandon Tatum Show, KTAR 92.3. Catch me in the next segment. We're going to finish talking about this. Brandon Tatum, KTAR News, 92.3 FM. Welcome back to the Brandon Tatum Show. We're going to get into this uh, conversation about Amber Geiger and forgiveness. Botham's brother literally forgave her, hugged her, told her that he loved her and wanted her to come to Christ. But before we get into that, I want to give a shout out to my officer of the week. Um, Not in the Valley. This officer is not in the Valley, but this officer is probably one of the greatest officers to be a police officer in general, anywhere in the country. Officer Sean Payne from the Tucson Police Department. um, He was the reason that I became a police officer. He opened up, uh, um, I guess, his knowledge to me, love for me. He let me do a ride along with him. First time I saw a hero in my life, I saw it in Sean Payne. I mean, this guy's amazing. Not only do he do he do good work for the police department, for officers, he he also is a part of the IF program. I mean, it's it's, it's so many things that he do. He teaches at Brookline College. I mean, that man has literally extended his love and the value that God has put into him to almost everybody he meets. And I tell you what, all that I am today started from being a police officer and other things, but he was the initiating portion of that. And so I just wanted to give him some love today. Officer Sean Payne from Tucson uh, Police Department. If you know who he is, you know who I'm talking about. I hope Sean is listening at some point. I love you, man, and and I really appreciate you. Let's get into this Amber Geiger stuff and the forgiveness. I'm going to play a clip because if you haven't heard Botham John's brother, I mean, listen, this is a tearjerker. I'm telling you right now. If you have a tissue... If you need to be sitting down. I mean, this guy, I mean, for a kid this young to be able to forgive somebody that killed his brother. I mean, I, I don't know how he did it. And most Christian people are still wondering if they could do it. The forgiveness is real, man. And and I'm, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to play the clip and I'm going to tell you what this visual uh, uh, representation means to me and how it's so closely related to Christ that it ain't even funny. What, listen to the clip. I hope you go to God with all what, all the guilt, all the things, the bad things you may have done in the past. Each and every one of us may have done something that we're not supposed to do. If you truly are sorry, I know I can speak for myself. I, I forgive you. And... I know if you go to God and ask him, he will forgive you. And he goes on to say, I love you. I want the best for you. He even suggested that he don't even care if she goes to to jail, as if saying that he don't even want her to go to jail. If it was up to him, he didn't petition the judge, but he said, I don't even want you to go to jail. I want what's best for you. 
I mean, listen to this. If you haven't seen it, go back and watch the video, but I'm finna articulate it to you and put the visual in your mind. He's sitting on, um, I guess, the witness stand, what you would call it, in a sentencing hearing. So you have him on a stand, you have the judge, and then you have Amber Geiger sitting in, at the defense table, right? So I envision this whole thing in a Christian sense. I mean, because this is the, the, the clear sense of forgiveness, which is everything about Christianity, everything that Jesus uh, stood for. This is what it is, but I'm going to give you an example. I look at God as being the judge. Botham John's brother as being Christ and Amber as being us. He literally, she didn't deserve it. The forgiveness he gave, she didn't deserve it. No matter what she did, he looked at her and said, I love you. I want what's best for you. And I forgive you. And, 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 and Jesus is representative as the mediator. So he's forgiven us. And not only has he forgiven us in word, but he also has forgiven us in deed to the point of saying, not only do I forgive you, come give me a hug. I'm getting ready to reconcile you. And God in heaven, which is which I would consider in this case, the judge. Has accepted the petition. I will allow you to extend that forgiveness. And then the judge comes off of the off of the uh, from behind her. I forget what it's called. The podium, but it's, it's another word for it. But she comes from behind where she sits and she obviously goes over to Botham John's family, hugs them. She goes over to Amber, gives her her personal Bible. Y'all, y'all got to feel me on this one. This is this is the expression of everything that Christians should be exemplifying. If you're really reading the Bible, now, I'm not talking about part time Christians. I'm not talking about being a person who's in the church, but church ain't in you. I'm not I'm not talking to you. You have a chance. God still love you. You might want to read your Bible a little more. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about people who actually are saying and practicing Christianity. This is exemplary. And, and the sad part is that people hate him for what he did. God has put on his heart to forgive and they mad at him because he forgave a white woman who was a cop who killed his brother. I don't understand how you are more mad and more upset at Amber than the than than his brother. Y'all didn't even know him. Never seen him, never talked to him, didn't even care about him until you heard the story of him getting killed by a white police officer. And now you are supposed to be outraged when his brother has already forgiven that woman. And the thing that makes me even more upset is pastors have come out. I, I one, in, one in particular, Pastor Jamal Bryant. I don't know if you know who that uh, false prophet is. Jamal Bryant literally cheated on his wife, did all this crazy stuff in his church, big mega church, just right, just hustling people, just shaking them down at the offering plate. He cheats on his wife. I don't even know if he asked for forgiveness, but I'm sure he wanted the church to forgive him. They didn't want to kick him out and lead the church. He wanted a level of forgiveness, but you can't give forgiveness to this boy. He said that he was a, he had the plantation mentality, slave-like mentality, that he's been brainwashed by the white man. That he was supposed to be still mad at this girl because she white. Stockholm syndrome. Listen, y'all, it's bizarre to me. It's evil to me for people to treat him like this. Now, I don't care if you have an opinion. Everybody has an opinion. But don't bash the boy, especially if you claim to be Christian. Don't bash the boy for him, you know, 
showing forgiveness like Christ did. And and I'll and I'll, I'll end with this. Before anybody judge this kid or whatever the case may be, listen. Do you remember when Christ was on the cross and he said, "Father, forgive them for they know not what they do." He forgave them as, he, as they were kicking his rear end and hanging him, putting nails in his hand. Then he forgave the other joker on the cross next to him. Said you would be in paradise with me. In, you would be in paradise with me in the end. Then Saul, who converted to Paul, he was persecuting Christians, forgave him, and now he's a huge component in the movement. Some people call him the 12th apostle. Peter denied him three times. He forgave him. Christianity is about forgiveness. If you don't realize that, you might want to go pick the book up again and go read and study. But I think I beat, beat that dead horse. Next segment, I want to talk about this impeachment. Impeachment, 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 impeachment. Trump is, will not be impeached. And if he is, he would never be removed. And I think it's all a hoax. And I'm not saying it because I'm a conservative. I'm saying it because the stuff that they've done is so ridiculous. People need to start going to jail over this stuff. You're listening to the Brandon Tatum Show on KTAR. Catch me in the next segment. We're talking impeachment, baby. This is the Brandon Tatum Show. The Brandon Tatum Show on KTAR News 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I hope y'all having a good time riding down the roads of the Phoenix, Arizona Valley. We're going to talk about impeachment, but first, before we talk about impeachment, I got to call somebody out and put them on the spot. Representative in Detroit, Michigan, Rashida Tlaib, she's a racist. And I'm not just saying this. Look, if I make a claim and call you a racist, that's a pretty big charge, right? How they do President Trump with no evidence, but they call him a racist. I need to be able to prove that a person is a racist. Don't believe me. I want you to hear from her own words. She goes down to the police station. They're talking about facial recognition with the police chief. And this is what she has to say about it. Listen. Analysts need to be African-Americans, not people that are not. Because let me tell you, no, it happens all the time. It's true. I mean, I think think non-African-Americans think African-Americans all look the same. So, (laughs) I don't know what else you need to be said. Imagine if a white person said that. I think I think non-whites shouldn't be able to do this because uh, white people or black people are not capable of training and expertise. Listen to what the chief had to say as a rebuttal or rebuke to what Rashida Tlaib said. The Republican or the, I say Republican, the representative of Detroit, Michigan. Uh, she's a part of the squad and all that other stuff. If y'all don't know who she is, but listen to the chief. Listen to what he had to say. I am very comfortable uh the people that I have working in that real-time crime center who are professionals, we understand the flaws in the software. I've acknowledged that from day one. We understand it. And I told the congresswoman that I agree. However, we have put safeguards in place. But the fact that she made that statement, what does that say to the members of this department who are analysts, who are trained, who are white, that they in some way can't do their job professionally? That's insulting. And I guarantee you, if the roles were reversed and a white person said about it, she fired, fired, impeachment, fired, racist. Trump said that, it's over. It'll be Armageddon. The double standard is vicious. That's not right that she says that. Because I believe that what it comes down to, in a very impartial way, if you're going to be realistic, it comes down to training. 
And the police chief said, and I didn't have a clip of it, but the police chief said that I rely on the proficiency of training, not the color of your skin or your sex. Are you trained or are you not trained? But I, this is continues the SJW platform of the squad and people like Rashida Tlaib. I had to throw it out there real quick. Let's talk about impeachment. Let's talk about impeachment. These people swear before the living God that they're going to impeach the president on real principle. Let's let me just say this real quick. They claim that he pressured the Ukraine president to do some quid pro quo stuff or whatever the case may be. Now, let me give you an analogy and what I think this is connected to. And if I was to give an example in the real world, what would this look like? This is like if a police officer was driving down the street, showed up at somebody's house, knocked on the door. A male comes to the door and said, I thought I heard somebody screaming. You assaulted her. And then the woman comes to the door and said, I wasn't assaulted. And he said, no, yeah, you are. I'm going to arrest him and we're going to go to court because he assaulted you. It's like if the victim or the person responsible on the other end is acknowledging that there is nothing there. How are you going to pursue charges? How are you going to get have a leg to stand on if the recording shows that there's no quid pro quo and you want to read between the lines? And then the Ukraine president said, I was not pressured. You have no leg to stand on. And I want y'all to understand this. The, the whistleblower has secondhand information. He worked with Adam Schiff and his and, and, and his uh um I say squad. And they showed him and walked him through how to be how to do the whistleblower complaint. Like, that's a conflict of interest. Adam Schiff got before the congressional hearing and, and, and literally made up a story about what Trump said. He literally paraphrased and created all kind of stuff that never existed. And he's speaking to the whistleblower and lied and said he didn't about how to make a report. That, like, that's a conflict of interest. If Trump did it. The Democrats need to stop screwing themselves because if he did it, then you need to have an impartial investigation so it can be legitimized. If you guys are just tainting the waters, it's going nowhere. But this is what I will say. Democrats have been so disingenuous about this impeachment thing. And I, I, I'm, 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 I'm going to say this. Politicians in general tend to be disingenuous. If it's working on one side, they love it. If it's against them, they hate it. But I want y'all to hear what the main Democratic leaders People who are probably over the impeachment proceeding, some of them, this is what they had to say when it was Bill Clinton's time to be impeached. And he did real stuff. He was getting, you know what, in the White House. Lied about it. I don't want to say that on the radio, but y'all know what he was doing in the White House. Other stuff that people don't necessarily talk about, Monica Lewinsky was just one of many incidents that he did. But this is what they had to say about Bill when it was his turn Listen to listen to Jared. Uh, let's see, Natler, Jared Natler. Listen. That an impeachment of a president is an undoing of a national election, and one of the reasons we all feel so angry about what they are doing is that they are ripping from us. They are ripping asunder our votes. They are telling us that our votes don't count. Oh, is that right? So that's not. So they don't count for Trump, right? There's no defense for Trump, like. Okay, okay, let's listen to another person. Listen to Maxine Do Nothing Democrat Waters. Are driven by hatred. They hate Bill and Hillary Clinton so much they will stop at nothing to bring him down. And that's not what you're doing against Trump. 
You sound like you don't want to stop at nothing. You want the man impeached before Russia, nothing happened. You talking about impeach, impeach, impeach. You want the man impeached because you don't like him. I'm just saying, if you really wanted to impeach, be consistent. If you felt that way about Bill, then why are you doing the same thing against Trump? One more person. One more person. Nancy Pelosi, the one who won't take won't take the impeachment to a vote because she ain't going to get enough votes. And everybody knows that. Trump called her out on the social media and said she's not going to get the votes. I dare you to go in and, and do a vote. She's not going to get the, enough votes. She's not going to do it. She just want to keep controversy going. Impeachment and Curry. Nancy Pelosi is the one who is in charge of that and starting it up as the leader. And this is what she had to say when Bill was getting impeached. President, president with fairness, but impeaching him with a vengeance. In the investigation of the president, fundamental principles which Americans hold dear, privacy, fairness, checks and balances, have been seriously violated. And why? Because we are here, as we are here today because the Republicans in the House are paralyzed with hatred of President Clinton, and until the Republicans free themselves of this hatred, our country will suffer. Really, Nancy? Real talk? That's what, that's, that's what it is? You're so, these people are so disingenuous. Now, I could play clips of Republicans being disingenuous, but the subject matter is Trump right now. These people are disingenuous. I'm going to tell you what, man. I, I've been to the White House, what, five times, four times? I've, I've been around Trump a few times, listening to him speak. I mean, come on, y'all. The man ain't a racist. He's not a racist person. You may not like what he's doing. You may not like some of the things that he says, but you got to keep it 100 because if you keep lying and saying that the man is a racist, you're just turning off voters. You're turning off independent voters. Nobody wants to hear you lie and just only thing you do is rail and talk trash about the president that, that a lot of people love. I love Trump. I, when I was on a plane today, I had my Trump hat, make America great again. That man ain't paid not one bill in my house. But I think that he's doing what's right for America. And, and, and I'll say this. I wished that somebody competed with him. I wish that the Democrats were co- more, more competitive. If you're sitting around pushing socialism, you have no chance. If you're sitting around and doing nothing in the House of Representatives, you're not passing anything. You're not creating no let. You're not doing anything. All you're doing is impeachment, impeachment, impeachment. It haven't worked with Kavanaugh. It haven't worked with uh, uh, Russia collusion, Ukraine. None of it is working, and that's all you have on your resume. And when you get into a debate with the president, he's going to say, "What have you done?" Y'all should have learned with Bill Clinton. The Republicans made a mistake with Bill Clinton when they tried to impeach him. He just became more popular. And you think Trump won't? Black Leadership Summit this weekend that I, that I was attending, for over 400 black leaders from all over the country in the White House, we've done this annually. Come on, man. President Trump has done so much for the black community. We're going to continue this conversation in, in the last portion of the show. But I want y'all to internalize that real quick. Think about it. Think about what the Democrats are offering in comparison to the president. Think about it. Take your bias out of it and just think about it. Catch me on the last segment. You're watching the Brandon Tatum Show on KTAR. I'll see you after the break. Brandon Tatum, KTAR News, 92.3 FM. Welcome back to the Brandon Tatum Show. Hey, look, we were, we were talking about impeachment in the first part portion, and I 
railed on a few Democrats because they deserved it. You know, they, they, they're losers. I mean, some of them, not all of them, but they're losers in a sense of um, their jobs. As people, I don't know who they are as people. I mean, but the job that they're doing, they're losing. Now, Republicans, you ain't out of you ain't out of the weeds. I'm coming for you too. Donald Trump has re- reinvigorated the party, and y'all sleeping behind the wheel. Jeff Flake, Jeff Flake, I I promise you, you are one of the worst politicians for Arizona. You you. You are you are being ashamed of yourself. I hope you listen. You should be ashamed of your doggone self. What is your point? How in the world are you trying to force a negative narrative and, and, and try to convince other Republicans to go against Trump when without Trump you have no chance? You have nothing, nothing. People like myself, other people who were Democrats, who have now changed was because of Trump, not you. Mitt Romney, you're trash. You lost big time. You gave Obama another term. You are one of the worst politicians. You are do nothing. Just because you got an R by your name don't mean you safe. What are y'all going to do? When are y'all going to step up? Let me tell you this, and I'm speaking on behalf of some people who agree with me in the black community. What have Republicans done to, to, to really do something in the black community to get the black vote? What have you done? Where have you been? Never seen you. In, since I've been alive, I've never seen Republicans in the hood. I've never seen Republicans in my neighborhood. I've never seen Republicans in the hood doing anything, doing service or nothing of, of that nature. Where have y'all been? You can't get mad at the Democrats because they created a stronghold in a place that you've never went. And just like with Hillary Clinton, Hillary Clinton didn't go everywhere. That's why she lost. She just took it for granted that she had certain votes and she lost to Trump. Same thing is happening to the Republican Party. If you don't get your stuff together, you guys are going to make this closer than it should be. President Trump has really created some momentum in the Republican Party. People like myself would never been would have never been a Republican until Trump, somebody who have a backbone, came out and just said it like it like it is. He said the border is a problem. Everybody knows the border is a problem. Everybody, if you were in law enforcement, you you were law enforcement in Arizona, you know how many drugs coming through that border. You know the issues with sex trafficking. You've seen the victims. And if you, especially you're in Border Patrol on the southern border, you have seen the dead bodies laying out there. You have seen the pregnant women who have died of heat exhaustion and left, to, and left out there by themselves. The kids that are left to die in the desert. You've seen it. You see people get railroaded. You see how the cartel is monopolizing the border. And y'all want to act like it ain't happening because it's not politically correct for you? You understand that taxes is is making jobs go overseas? High taxes on corporations. I own a business. The more you tax me, the more I outsource. In my company, we have things that come from America. They are extremely more expensive than things that you can get overseas. If you want things to be manufactured here, you want business to grow here, you're going to have to cut corporate taxes. And people get mad at corporate taxes and they go, oh, it's, you know, you're helping the million. Who who, who you think employing you? Think about KTAR. How are you going to get employed if they got to pay 80% of their revenue in taxes? They ain't going to be able to hire none of us. Think about that for a minute. You cut their taxes, they can build out, they can make it a bigger, they can make it a bigger news station. It's common sense to me.
this fake racism in America. Come on, man. There's a few knuckleheads that still don't like each other. And, and I, to be honest, I think African-Americans are the perpetuators of more racism than anybody else. But regardless of that, there are people that are racist in all forms and fashions. But for you to act like that is the number one issue in this country, name the last time you went to Starbucks and felt like somebody was racist against you. And if you're white, don't try to, don't try to assume for black folks. For the black folks that listen to this, you, be honest. Keep it 100. I just went to Starbucks right now. Nobody care about me being black. They ain't, ain't going to give me Starbucks coffee and take my money because I'm black. When I bought my house, the mortgage company wasn't going to give me uh, a loan because I'm black. We, we rented a house. All our neighbors white. Somehow the neighbor ain't going to come speak to me because I'm black. I have never experienced racism in my life. I've seen people say racist stuff. I've seen people be racially, racially insensitive. But come on, man. It's time for people to stand up and say something, and President Trump has done that. Is the man perfect? He ain't nowhere near perfect. Right. But I ain't expecting none of them to be perfect. And I can't wait till the scandal with Obama come out because y'all going to realize that your boy Obama wasn't perfect. All you got to do is take a few seconds to look at what ben, what um, Joe Biden did. I would be very concerned if I was supporting that administration and you see Joe Biden come out and brag about how he threatened another country to withhold billion dollars of uh, of uh, loans if they don't fire the attorney that was investigating his son. And you tell me Obama didn't know about that? Y'all don't y'all remember old girl Rice, what is her name? On the tarmac with Bill. Y'all remember when Hillary was being investigated? Somehow Bill Clinton and Obama's I can't, I, I forget the I forget the position. I can't think of her name right now. Y'all know who I'm talking about. It'll come to me. They on the tarmac, and all of a sudden she has recused herself. Attorney General. No. She recused herself, and then, you know, the Comey comes out and says, I don't recommend charges. Now, you understand how that should have gone. That has never happened. The precedent was ridiculous. The precedent, not the president, the precedent that was set was ridiculous. She committed all kinds of crimes. She admitted to lying. He said she lied. He said she deleted emails and fabricated. That's what he said, and she got off of it. Because Loretta Lynch recused herself. Y'all, y'all, I mean, listen, the fraud is real. Republicans need to step up. Democrats need to step up. If you don't like President Trump, then you should have ran a better campaign and quit lying to people saying that Russia had anything to do with it. The Mueller report said nobody in the campaign coordinated or colluded with Russia at all. Shame on you. Run a good campaign. Stop promoting socialism. Stop telling people that you're going to give free health care to illegal immigrants in this country. Are you kidding me? There's a whole bunch of American citizens sitting out there eating out the trash can right now. You better start working on American citizens. You better start putting America first. If you ever want to see election, I don't care which side of the aisle you're on. Because Donald Trump ain't really, to me, Trump ain't a Republican. Trump is the new Republican. I'm a Trumplican, right? I'm not a Republican. I'm a Trumplican. I like Trump. But if anybody ever want to contest him and ever see the light of politics again, you better run on something serious. Green New Deal just ain't going to work, ladies and gentlemen. Make sure y'all follow me on The Officer Tatum on all my social media, man. I appreciate y'all listening to the show every Saturday at 6 p.m. You listen to The Brandon Tatum Show at KTAR. I'll see y'all next week. Peace.